That's not good. I'm disappointed in myself. Or odd, odd. You're frozen as hell. I mean, surely. Sure. I don't love Carrick. I just, I like listening to him talk. Mine didn't come until this morning, but I want to give big ups to, I've already forgotten his name. Odd and now, that's not a word. So, uh, the bitch hoe. This guy, Matt, because his name is Matt. What the hell is going on? So, uh, welcome back to the pod. Today's episode is brought to you by Brownie Paper Towels. Brownie. For when there's no more bounty, but you're too good for store brand. Brawny, the second best picker-upper. How's it going, everybody? Matt Hornick, as always, with Connor Weingarten. Con, how are we? Hey, pretty good. Backwards hat tonight. Feeling good. It's a Tuesday. MJ Doc was Sunday night. Little batch last night. Can't complain. Yeah, it's always it's a nice Tuesday. Uh, let's waste no time. Right into it with uh, The Last Dance. I mean, got the first two episodes on Sunday night. What did you think? I think it lived up to the hype. Um, it, it was hyped up like it was a Star Wars film. ESPN used all their Disney powers. The ratings came out. It was the most watched ESPN documentary in the history of ESPN. I know that, that makes sense because that's what the sentence was. But 6.3 million, I think, was the average viewers. So pretty good on their end. Um, I think people who were alive during this period enjoyed it as like a nostalgia play. People like us who weren't there enjoyed it as reinforcing what we thought we knew. And then there's some great background stuff as well that I either forgot or just plain didn't know. Yeah, I agree. I loved watching the early parts of Jordan's NBA career along with the college stuff. I thought that was a great... I mean, I I knew a lot of that, but I enjoyed watching, especially the 63-point game and the 49-point game against the Celtics in the playoffs. Those were insane. I got no help. Yeah, God disguised as as MJ. That was the Larry Bird quote. And I, I... Truth be told, like, did not remember that. I didn't remember... I remember hearing, like, oh, LeBron gets all this hate for his struggles as a young player in the league, like getting swept against the Spurs in the finals, but you don't hear it about Jordan, but... But that was also the first round of the playoffs. Granted. I know, different. But, like, struggling to an extent, because the Eastern Conference is pretty weak when LeBron went through it, even when he was young. But those performances impressive, like, still. To put up 63 points and really go right to the wire. What, they go to double overtime in game two? Yeah. Against what some Jordan played 59 consider, minutes. Yeah, and at least, I mean, some Boston homers are just that, Boston homers, but, I mean, that's one of the greatest teams of all time. And he poured 63 on them, and that praise from Larry Bird is not light. I completely agree. And, but we also remember that's a, that's a that was a 30-win team that snuck into the playoffs. The, the yeah. Bulls team. Yeah, that's one, of, that's one of those things where the league's kind of changed. But you mentioned there weren't, there was, what, 23 teams? Then? 23 teams and 16 went to the playoffs. That's so funny. So a seven-team lottery. And, like, right from the get-go, that's an example of Jordan being injured, playing on a minutes restriction just to get into the playoffs. And when, when the front office said, no, let's miss the playoffs and try and get into the lottery, back when tanking was still taboo, but not, like, not as big a thing as it is now, not talked about in the same way. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that they pulled that off and you know he at least gave them a semblance of a chance against one of the greatest teams ever more power to him as a 23 year old however they do you do you'd mentioned the minutes restriction but that didn't last too long because as i was looking on I, I, our friend sent this to us shout out to kyle o'brien our friend sent our friend yeah. kyle sent this to us uh jordan only played uh 15 games when he came back from his injury uh in march through the end of the regular season he played 13 minutes the first 14 the second 15 the third, then 16 twice, 19. And by the end, he played 37 in the second-to-last game of the season. 
So the, whatever the minutes restriction they were talking about, obviously they kind of misrepresented the timeline of that because he was playing a lot of minutes by the end, at least according to Basketball Reference, which is a generally reliable source for these things. Yeah, we generally trust Basketball Reference, but... Us and most sports way, reporters I mean, around the around the nation. Yeah. I mean, either way, that's just, that's just another example of MJ, you know, getting in there, hurt, wanting to play, wanting to make the playoffs. It's all just the competitive stuff that he's famous for, and you just see it again and again and again from when he was a kid through high school, college... A young guy in the league, he always had that. And it's not fake. Like, I think today we, we see a lot of, I don't know, you talk about fake tough guys and guys getting in fights and stuff during games now. He, he was authentic about it, and that comes across, no doubt. Absolutely. And, I mean, clearly, like, he willed that team to the AC in the playoffs because 30 wins, they made the playoffs. They were not doing a thing without him, clearly. Right. Do you want to just go on that timeline and just go back to the draft? Because we had thoughts on the draft, and we can kind of just go from – from early on, and then we can get to, like, Pippen and, and Jerry Krause and stuff. Do you want to go to the draft? Sure. I mean, I was going to say I thought we should go to Pippen because he he's – but we can do the draft first. We, let's go to Pippen, and then you can cut, you can cut this part out where this – it's a bad transition if you want. Or leave it in. The audience loves to see the, the botched run down here. That's whatever we want. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go Pippen. He's a sidekick. Well, yeah. What was your, like, initial thing on Pippen? Well, there's a lot of stuff to get Because he was, well, he's, I thought he was the most compelling thing brought up in the first episodes was this whole storyline with Scotty, if you ask me. Because, I mean, first of all, I, I had no idea that he was locked in that contract for so many years, and that was how they were able to be so successful and be able to, like, build a team around Jordan because their second best player was locked in a deal because he got, he signed for what was, a lucrative deal at the time, but with a big contract, a TV contract coming where the NBA revenue shot up and he could have made a ton more money. Right. And what it is, is it's, he has two years left on his rookie deal because they had longer rookie deals. What was it? 1991 or no, it was, it was still the late eighties at that point. I don't know. Whenever his, his rookie deal came up, he still had two years left on it. And he said, I want a seven year deal. His backstory goes that he has 11 siblings. His dad, something has you stroke. can very much respect. Yes, I'm I'm one of nine kids, so immediately my eyes were like, wow, another one of us. In, in Arkansas, in a, a tough situation, no doubt. So Scottie Pippen's trying to get his money. He takes a seven-year deal because his dad had a stroke. His dad was paralyzed in a wheelchair. His brother, I forget if he said it was a wrestling, wrestling in gym class or he was actually a wrestler, yeah. but he was paralyzed wrestling with someone. Yeah, that's right. But, he, but I mean, he so, had to support his family, and that's he did what he had to do. Right, and... And that was the bottom line. I mean, there is context to that. His, both his agents told him to wait. The idea is he waits till the end of his rookie deal. The owner said he told anyone him to wait. Could. Right. Reinsdorf and both his agents said he should wait because Reinsdorf's um, negotiating tool or just his policy was that they didn't renegotiate contracts. And, you know, that's a little funny because I think in today's day and age, every, like everyone renegotiates early and asks for extensions and the good players really get their money. But for Reinsdorf to stick to his guns like that and for that to ha- like that's what had to happen for Pippen to to sit through that and yeah. wait those 7 years but you understand why he took the contract he did he's perhaps at fault because if he did wait he'd still have more money he'd have more money down the line but the injury thing his back was real so I, I don't know where you fall on that I respect it I mean if you feel if you feel that compelled to get your money that way like that's that's you you got to do what you got to do and I'm not going to scoff at 17 million dollars in any capacity ever 
And right, the idea is the idea is that for seven years he had a couple plus, million dollars guaranteed every year. Plus, he had a sneaker deal with Nike. He probably had many other endorsements. He had some some lower tier sandwich sandwich commercials. We saw a couple of those. Yes, but my point exactly. Like he definitely had many other streams of revenue coming in. That like, I I I mean he was one of the, still one of the biggest athletes in the country. So he yeah, he, and say like, what you want about that that front office like. That's part of the reason you have success when you can keep Scottie Pippen. Yeah, no, who, absolutely. You know, maybe some of this, some of this got blown up by the documentary and, and the people that were being interviewed. But he was first team All NBA a couple times when he was Michael Jordan's teammate. So some people said he was the second best player in the league. Maybe that was a little much. But for one of the best players in the league, definitely one of the ten best, definitely one of the five best, to make a couple million dollars. It's like it's like when Curry was working on his ankle thing, and he was making eleven million. I think he was the sixth highest paid player on the Warriors. Yeah, that's what oh, it takes for sometimes. sure. And yeah, they they were able to pay Rodman a lot and build other nice pieces around him. It was it was a very smart move. Obviously, like they weren't going to renegotiate. Like they were able to do so much because of it. Moving on, uh, I was just gonna say I didn't know. Uh, I mean, I knew Pippen went to Central Arkansas. And I knew he was the fifth pick, but I didn't know he was a trade. I didn't know that was a trade. I thought that was a pick the Bulls had, and I also. Didn't know that Central Arkansas was NAIA, which makes it even more impressive, everything he's done. Yeah, and some of the storyline stuff, like, we consider ourselves, I don't know, above average NBA heads. We're Like, we, we generally know what we're talking about when it comes to hoops. We like the history of it. But a lot of this was, like, you get to the end of episode two where there's all this controversy between Jerry Krause and Pippen. Krause is out in the open saying, yeah, we fielded some pretty good offers for Pippen, and Pippen's like pushing back his surgery so that he's going to miss games to hurt the Bulls. Didn't want to fuck up his summer. Right. And and there's stuff like that that's just unprecedented and I completely lost my train of thought. What was what, what did you ask before that? I was talking about how Pippen I thought was I could save N- myself. Was NAIA and went to Central Arkansas. And was the- oh, here's what I was going to say. So the fact that like we we feel like we know a lot about the history of the NBA, but then you get to the end of episode 2 and I'm like Oh my God! Please don't trade Scottie Pippen. Like I think maybe they're going to trade Scottie Pippen. And like I had no idea he was traded from Seattle. I forgot that, so I was like, "Oh, he's drafted by Seattle, huh? He must end up in Chicago." How's that happen? So little stuff like that, I enjoy. For sure, and uh, he's one of those cool stories. Another way where it's uh, like someone who grew late, like he was in started yeah, college what, like six, inches? like six three, and then shot up to six seven or six eight. Right, the Anthony Davis. Yeah, or uh, Gordon Hayward's one of my favorite stories about that because he was like six one before senior year of high school and was like fielding D three offers. He was and like then, a JV guy in eleventh grade or something. Yeah, and then shot up to like six nine and ended up at Butler. But uh, going off that with, with Pippen, you've heard one of those trade offers, right? That came up like a couple weeks ago, the T Mac one. Oh yeah, I saw it on Twitter or something. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think Trace McGrady brought it up on the jump that he was almost traded from the Raptors. Uh, to the to the Bulls on draft night for Scottie Pippen. That that would have been wild. But that's another that's another example of uh, the the front office. Being yeah, like you know what? Let's not do that. In well, no, apparently Jordan vetoed it. That was the big thing. Oh, Jordan, Jordan did. Yeah, because Jordan didn't want to play. Wasn't going to play without Scottie, and he wasn't going to play for anybody besides Phil. A good move on his part. Imagine like uh, an aging Scottie Pippen and Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince. Vince is another podcast because I feel like he. I love Vince Carter. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love him too, but I don't. I don't think. I feel like he's a little overrated. 
He might be. But maybe this just happens. I think this just happens at the end of people's career when when they have these 20-year runs and everyone's like, ah, oh, gushing about him. But he was kind of he was kind of nasty in Toronto, but didn't he like have had some beef with fans on his way out of there? Just didn't want to play there. Yeah, the exit was a little ugly, and then he shows up in New Jersey, and he's pretty dope. Yeah, well, that's topic for another podcast. But speaking of ugly exits, I just think like the Pippin, the Pippin Jerry Krause thing, and like the open disdain that these guys had for their GM. I don't like what's the modern parallel? Like I think that was just as interesting as anything to watch that all play out in public. I, I completely agree. I mean, they didn't they didn't like him at all. Like some of the highlights of the stuff like Jordan was saying to him was so mean. Yeah, just saying like, Hey, you're gonna come you're gonna come warm up with us, Jerry? We gotta lower those hoops. Did you hear the one about saying like the diet pills he was taking kept him short? No. Yeah, he says that to him. It's so mean. Yeah, like they, he, they, he said a lot of things. And did you hear apparently, like people were saying this on Twitter today, the comparison between Jerry Krause and the boss from uh, Space Jam? Like the the boss of the aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like pe- people were cruel with this stuff. Did you – first of all, I didn't realize that Jerry Krause was dead. I don't know if you did. But did you think – like I didn't think about any of this until I went to Twitter. But did you I think assumed, about – I assumed he was just because he wasn't in the documentary. Did you think it's been on – do you think it's been unfair so far through two episodes? The criticism of him? Or, or what do you make of... Because he's not obviously able to defend himself. And they throw in some quotes that don't make him look great. I think it tells a story, but... I think, think it's a little... I mean, it's probably a little sensational that he isn't able to... And he is, definitely isn't able to defend himself. But, I mean... There's one thing that I just always like to... If you're that... I mean, the disliked, you're probably that disliked for a reason. And they do say... They do have, like, the owner and saying that he was, like, a, a nice person. Wennington says he was a nice person. That's but true. It, it just kind of seems like... It's, it it's, seems like the people, the, the person-to-person stuff wasn't good. I th- it could be, like, a lot of ego. Because when you're, like, Jordan and you're Pippen, and it's like, we're the, the, the duo, and Jordan's like, I'm the basketball player. Will Bond said it pretty well in the first right. episode, which I rewatched today, when he says, like, Jordan was the sports alpha male. It's like, you can't... It's like, he... It's like, this is not... It's like you're you're the general manager, but this is my team. So he doesn't wanna he's not gonna allow Scott Pippen to be traded. He's not gonna allow anything to interfere with what he thinks they're still in the middle of. Yeah, did you but maybe I missed this somewhere or hadn't read enough articles about it. But did they ever mention in the documentary um Jordan trying to get rid of Krause? Because I feel like don't you think he had enough stuff there to like talk to Reinsdorf and say, Hey, get rid of this guy and let's keep playing? Reinsdorf seemed to like Maybe him. I might have missed the story behind that. I don't think they ever, like, there was any, were there efforts? Is that what you're saying? I don't think so, but, like, I'm just saying, like, maybe there were and I didn't read about him. But I would think with the gravitas I mean, Jordan had, at some point he would just say, well, F this guy. Let's just get him out of here. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, from what I picked up from Reinsdorf, he's a businessman. So, like, he was, like, pro, uh, like, liquidation and, like, pro tanking until they all nixed it and they had to wait another year to do it. Like he was for that, so he. I don't. I don't think that like getting rid of Kraus. Like he liked Kraus. He had a relationship with him right from the White Sox. Yeah, he didn't want to get rid of Kraus. He liked. He liked what he was doing. He thought he was a good general manager and friend. They say that in the documentary. He was like, he wasn't well liked by the players, but he was a he was good at his job, and like he always built pieces around Jordan. Right. My and my intention coming in was to have the zag that hey Jerry Kraus, not a bad GM, just like a bad communicator bad i don't know bad leader 
in terms of just wanting too much control. But if you look at some of his moves, he trades for Pippen. They get Horace Grant. Not, not all of these have to do with 97-98. Trades Charles Oakley for Cartwright. How about bringing in Phil Jackson as an assistant coach? Like, any team in the NBA could have done that. Totally. And he makes that move. Ja- Jackson adopts the uh, triangle from Tex Winter, and, like, they, they become this thing. Uh, Will Purdue for Dennis Rodman. That's another one. So all these are, you know, moves that I think they were probably praised at least a little bit at the time, but they've aged incredibly well. And Absolutely. the fact that you build around you build around Jordan, who's a guard, when everyone else is saying, there's a quote from Clyde Frazier that's saying, oh, you need a big man. you you got to build around a big man. You can't win in the NBA building around a guard. This segues nice and something else we wanted to talk about, which is the 84 draft, the year Jordan was drafted. He's the third pick after Hakeem Olajuwon, at se- a center, and Sam Bowie, also Sam Bowie. a center. Uh, and there are a lot of people who were saying on Twitter, uh, why would you ever draft like the Sam Bowie hate for people who don't know, like hating on the, the draft pick of Sam Bowie. But back then in 1984, bigger was better. You wanted a center. Everyone believed that the center was the piece you built your team around. So, and Hakeem Olajuwon was the first pick no matter who was drafting. He was... And no one's, no one disputes that. Like even now, for however great Jordan still, is, yeah. no one's saying that was the wrong pick. And he's still a Hall of Famer. Like, yeah, obviously. He... NBA's all-time leader in blocks. And Sam Bowie busts a little bit, but, I mean, he he was... I think I heard this on... Um, he busts a lot of it. I think it was the Rosillo show or Twitter. Yeah, he busted, but he was a first-team rookie. First-team all-rookie, which yeah, maybe I mean, didn't mean anything then, but... But, well, I mean, that, it's a good start, but then the next... Then he, like, he, he completely falls apart. I guess my point is conventional wisdom at the time, even, like, a year after, was like... Oh, no, that's... All right, like, that wasn't the worst... No, at no point is that the wrong pick, like... From everything that you like, that conventional wisdom, yeah, like you said, conventional wisdom believes, like that's the pick you make. Like maybe the Bulls might not have done it if they had the second pick. Maybe they will still would have gone Jordan, but most teams probably would have taken Sam Bowie with second pick. Yeah, and it's funny to just, just see like how much changes in decades and decades and. Well, I think I think, that's, culture... I think we could point to Jordan for that because, I mean, he was sure because he let a dynasty built around a guard. And like before that, it was like the smallest player that was like sort of had that kind of impact was Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. And they, well, Magic Johnson played point guard. He was still six, nine. Larry Bird didn't play point guard. And he was like six, nine as well. So, I mean, Jordan made it a little bit smaller. And then the next thing you know, it's all point guards. But I think Jordan was like the real influential one. Cause then it's guys like Kobe, Vince Carter, whoever else, but in sort of the mid to late nineties, it goes in that direction. Yeah, and he changed the game in so many ways. And I think it was cool. Do you have anything else on the draft before we shift to the culture? Because I think, like, the fashion stuff and the way the way guys communicated and that stuff was interesting, too. I just wanted to say that be- watching that, maybe we re- want to rewatch the uh, NBA TV documentary on the 84 draft. I recommend it. It's called The 84 Draft. There's a YouTube link for it. Uh, it's just sort of profiles. Well, it profiles a lot of the major storylines of the 84 draft. Absolutely. Uh, namely the two Hall of Fa- four Hall of Famers, excuse me, that are taken from it, which are Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, and John Stockton. And then uh, a bunch of other draft picks from throughout the 10 rounds, because weirdly enough, there were 10 rounds of the NBA draft back then, which is obscene. Yeah, weird wrinkle. So it profiles a bunch of guys, including the very last pick. Uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll shout out Rick Carlisle. He was a third pick, third round pick. How about the cameo Rick Carlisle gets in that in that documentary? They're just like, Carlisle looking for his mother, like asking for his mother because he was getting just 
hosed by MJ. I did not notice that. That's like one of the six things I noticed and wrote down. I, I, what a tough L for Carlisle. It's true. But He's come uh, a long way. Moving on to the culture, I completely agree. I mean, I loved looking at Jordan's sneakers the whole time. Uh, in the very beginning of episode one, uh, there's that shot of him like showing up to the gym to warm up for the first time, like the start of the 97 season. And uh, he's shooting free throws in, like, OG Concord 11s. Concords, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think of those so much as a modern shoe. But they look the same in 1986 or 97 as they do now. I mean, yeah, they've retroed him a bunch, and I want a pair. That's one of my favorite Jordans ever. It's so sick. But uh, If I could pull those those off, I'd totally buy those. I I believe it's all about belief. Like, there's no pulling it off. It's just you buy them, and if you think you look good, you look good. I'm going to write that down. So I love seeing Jordan in that. I loved that there were minimal Jordan 12 shots because I'm not a huge fan of the Jordan 12. Sorry to all those who like the Jordan 12. But uh, the other cool shot that I thought was in episode one was, uh, I think it was when they were in France, and it's Michael Jordan's two sons. Michael Jordan's two sons, uh, Jeffrey and Marcus, are like passing a ball back and forth, and they're both in 13s. And I thought that was they matching Jordan 13s, and I thought that was really cool. The parade and was I think hilarious. I, I imagine, I imagine we're going to get a little more of his kids. I know they're interviewed. At least, like at least they did one sit down interview. So I think they'll they'll show up at some point in this documentary. But yeah, the the culture stuff and like the suits they wore. We talk about it sometimes. Like wow, those the Pippin suits ugly, are ridiculous. I don't know how like people let each other out of the house in those things. That was the style, man. I guess styles whack. Although you know what, when you look at like some of the shit Harry Styles wears, speaking of style, like not no pun intended. I don't know. I guess whatever famous people say is cool is what's in, right? But I, I like the hats. The, like like when it first started, just the nineteen nineties like finals hats they would oh, wear. Oh, totally. I feel you. Those look sick. I got to get some of those. The flat brim. But tangentially, like not clothing so much as the culture, but I just think the culture of like. The open disdain, I know we talked about it a little bit before, but the open disdain that Krauss and these guys had for each other and how that plays out like in the media, how they would sit down and Krauss would say, yeah, we're fielding offers for Scottie Pippen. Yeah, I'll never I'll never stop listening to offers. I'm always going to listen. Like no one, like almost no one does that. I can't think of the GM that would do that today for their star player or even someone who's the caliber of Scottie Pippen. And then Pippen to blow off his surgery um, cause what do you say? He's like, Hey man, I'm not going to fuck up. I'm not going to fuck up my summer. <laughs> yeah. All just so he would have his summer. And then at the same time, he's screwing up Jerry Krause cause Pippen's missing games. I think if you're his teammate, you de- I mean, you absolutely hate that, but I think it's funny like in retrospect and I don't think guys get away with that anymore. Yeah, I know. It was ridiculous. Like you could never, could you imagine just like, I don't know, Joel Embiid being like, yeah, Paul George and Kawhi, or like AD, like someone like that. Yeah. Just AD, another bad injury. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till this, I'm gonna wait till the next season starts. And there's always jokes about like LeBron. There's jokes about LeBron James like taking plays off and taking two weeks to go to Miami and whatever year that was. But that wasn't you know that's not directed at the GM. That's just getting right for the playoffs or whatever. That's the only comparison I can like think of. Can we talk about how ESPN immediately airs a Jordan-LeBron debate on TV? Like, I didn't day? see that, but it is funny, like, what? Like, I think it was Get Up or First Take. They immediately had them debating yeah, who's better. This is, like, a good point to come full circle on the doc. Like, 
Scott Van Pelt did a Sports Center after the documentary as if it was like Game Three of the World Series, and like t- all the talk, all the talk oh, shows yeah, were know. on it. Yeah, I, I watched like the first. I watched the we first. Were like, like all right, Scott Van Pelt post game interview. It's all, with Steve it's, Kerr. Uh, it's all we have. It's really all we have. So it's been good to embrace it. I mean, today, full disclosure on a Tuesday, uh, Rob Kronkowski got traded to the Bucks. Tom Brady was on Stern a couple weeks ago. So, like, Brady's done a good job keeping some news, keeping some entertainment for people. But, yeah, this NBA yeah. doc was uh, at least the start of it as advertised. This is the second best thing that – this is the second best thing Twitter has demanded uh, happen outside of billionaires donate appropriate mm. amounts of money. I feel like it's, feel like be, it's a longer list. Be okay, people. I'm, I'm cool with those as my, my big two. Podcast episode nine is about Twitter gripes, where people were right. Oh, is it okay? We'll, we'll we'll chalk that up. Episode nine, we'll write it down. You got anything else on the doc before we move on? Nah, I think I'm good. Do you do it? Do you do you care about the Brady the the Gronkowski trade to the Bucks today? I feel like we could spend a second on that. I mean, he got so skinny; he's gonna have to put on all that weight again. That was my first thought. Yeah, I do this thing where I try to zag like I was doing with the Jerry Krause thing, and I just so badly. Don't I feel like want you Tampa give me Bay a lot of good. shit when I try to zag like that. I feel like I yeah, get a maybe. lot of hate but for being a contrarian. Part of it's me being a contrarian, but then the other part of it is I just like I've had enough of seeing Brady do well, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to buy the Tampa Bay is going to be a contender because Brady's on the wrong side of it. Gronkowski wasn't even that good. I don't think when he was healthy last year, but I have to confess that as a third tight end, like. Arians could do some stuff there, but I don't know. I was more just annoyed by by that news than anything else. I was pretty numb to it, honestly. Like sports news doesn't feel real, kind of. Yeah, and we have the, the NFL draft in two days, so that'll be fun. But it was it was the kind of thing where I was like, my head was like, oh shit, Gronkowski to the Bucks. Maybe they'll maybe they'll compete in that division now. Um, but you know, my heart, as I try to listen to my heart. Tells me they're not going to be good. So wow. I hope they. I, ho- I hope they lose. That's just that's where I'm leaving it. So sorry to waste such a brilliant transition from Connor there, but we do have to pay the bills around here. So here's a quick word from our favorite sponsor, Berkowitz and Berkowitz Attorneys at Law. Hi, yeah, this is Larry Berkowitz, and today's podcast is brought to you by Berkowitz and Berkowitz Attorneys at Law. Uh, you know, if you have slipped, it it. Tri- it uh, and let me take it from there, Larry. Hi, this is Bobby Berkowitz uh, with Berkowitz and Berkowitz. And, you know, if you, if you have slipped, tripped, or fell, you know, maybe you got a paper cut, maybe you got mesophilioma, uh, give us a call. We'll get you money. We'll get you racks. And, uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay, uh, let's get this podcast going. As we now move into The Bachelor Presents, listen to your heart. What do you think of the second episode? I th- I'm glad that we have a little more closure about what the show is going to look like. So it looks like there's going to be, like, eventually there's going to be just a point where there's couples and they sing together in an actual, like, singing competition type show. Yeah, and that that was, like, exciting to me because I started out watching it and I was, like, it was kind of dragging because it was kind of just more of the same. Um, there was Jamie and Trevor. They go on a date. Trevor's the American Idol guy. Jamie's the 21-year-old girl. Uh, they go to Venice Beach Boardwalk, where we've been a couple times. Um, Humble brag, Connor and I stum- uh, did a semester in Los Angeles, and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, great three-month vacation. But it, it seemed like it was kind of boring, and then we got the tease that 
And we got the tease that this Natasha girl was going to join the show. And she brings that wrinkle where, like, I should remember this. Who was the girl um, last season of The Bachelor? Alea? Is that what you thought? Alea, who leaves and comes back, like, yeah, with that's, drama. That's, that's exactly what I, felt what like I thought. Was I thought this exact same thing. And Natasha, for context for the listeners, she comes in with this news that she knows Trevor's ex girlfriend who he cheated on. We learned that it was emotionally cheating. Whatever that means. Like I thought that was a funny a funny term. Like he was like texting some other girl. So that was kind of our introduction to to a little drama. I was like, okay, like maybe this will work. But at the same time I thought it was like a little corny. I did, it wasn't like it didn't reel me in all the way, but what did you think of Natasha hopping on the show, bringing the heat? I, I mean, she was barely in it besides that. I thought that was noticeable. And I it doesn't seem like anybody else really likes her. Like, right. and like then when she, Ryan she, chose her, everyone seemed pretty bummed. I think he seemed kind of bummed, don't you? I mean, he was just like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't notice it, but come to think of it, he's like, yeah, it's more like a, shit, I gotta pick somebody. He didn't even, She's like, say likewise down. to her. Oh, that's his thing, I forgot about that, yeah. But yeah, I didn't, like, my first thing was like, what? Like, these two aren't gonna work. They had nothing to talk about, and then he just, he's like, uh, I don't know where to go with this. He goes in for the kiss. What'd she call him, like a... Or someone else called him, like, a cute Harry Potter or something. Maybe that was Rudy. I, that's, yeah, it was Rudy. But he he clearly wasn't into it. I don't think she's... I don't think she's there to stay. I don't know who... Because I don't think she's compatible with anyone there. No. Unless, well, there's going to be new people, but we'll see. I mean, I, she accidentally just sort of, like, beca- like... I feel like put a target on her own back by just coming in and being like, I know this shit about Trevor, and then... I, even Regardless if it was true and not trying to defend Trevor or anything. But, like, it makes her look kind of bad because she's just, like, a drama starter from the moment she showed up. I'm not trying to, again, yeah, like, I that's mean, just, that's not right, her everyone, fault that she just happened to know who Trevor was. And in the, um, what are they called? In the moments, at the moments, the ITMs, where they all get interviewed? Oh, yeah. They were, like, most of them were, like, dubious about her. They're like, what is she even doing here? Like, she just came in here with this drama. She's not really connecting with anyone. Yeah. That's kind of how it, I it felt, It feels too. sort of like when, uh... That other girl pulled up to Peter in Virginia Beach in the last season of The Bachelor and just dropped that bomb about Victoria F. Like that sort of just sudden right. like, here's this drama. It feel it feels doesn't feel real. It feels like it had to be inserted by the producers. And maybe we'll find out like there was some great reason to cast her. Maybe she's got maybe she can really sing because we didn't really find anything about out no. about her musically. No, we did not. The other drama that started to develop was um, what we'll call a love square. Brandon, who's the the blonde army guy. I was last time we talked about this yeah. in our practice pod that we'll never see the light of day. I think he came off as the guy who was going to have a lot of people vying for him, and that's that's what happened. Yeah. And then there's Sheridan, who he's got no shot with Julia, but God bless him. And then yeah. there's who's left Savannah, and that's the four of them. Yeah. I feel bad for Sheridan. I mean, he 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 gave it his everything. They went on that date. It went really well. And I, I would like to bring attention to the fact that that date between Julia and Sheridan was edited. That was a masterpiece of editing. Just stunningly Yeah, go, go on on that because you mentioned that earlier and I had no idea what you were talking about. Okay, so very early on when they're performing the song, like Julia did like the first verse in the chorus. Like she was singing for a while before Sheridan started. And okay. at the beginning... Like, they try to, like, sort of make it seem like they're not connecting. And they show their hands not uh, next to each other. 
to make it look like there's oh, no, okay. no energy. And then it starts picking up. Julia starts killing it. Then Sheridan comes in. They really start vibing. Then their hands are together. They're singing together. And they really built it. And like they cut to and the you showed, um, you're they right. cut to the radio anch- uh, radio host at one point, like vibing with it. That shot was sick, right? But yeah, I thought it was just like really beautifully ended into like an arc. But then they had to stab it in the face. But the fact that Julia has no interest in Sheridan. These are the pros. This is this is what they do. This is why they get paid the big bucks. And can we just like stress again how lucky Chris Harrison is because he does he brings at like. I like the guy, but he doesn't bring anything. He's handsome. I think he, he brings a little something in the other ones where he can, like, console the person. But this one, he's just like, this is going to be the toughest decision of your life. Listen to your heart. Just wait until next week. And next week, you're going to have to listen to your heart again. And it's going to get serious. So don't mess up this rose ceremony. It's actually the most intense rose ceremony ever. That's what he does. And he's especially, like, a low-volume shooter in this show so far. I agree. But uh, I just, I I adore him in uh, the regular show when things get super dramatic and he like, uh, and he like walks up to the purse, to the contestant, just pretending like it's not a TV show. Like he's just a friend, like, hey, I heard about this thing that happened. It's like, really? How, how'd you hear Chris Harrison? What are, a fake are, are, you, are you surrounded by, he's the fakest friend. Chris Harrison, we're, we're, we're on to you. We're on to you, you and your millions of dollars. You're welcome to come on the show anytime. Yeah, please. If we get Chris Harrison on the show, I think we'll retire after that. No, that's that's our that's our launch pad. What else do we have? Did you have any more thoughts on the love square? Do you like Savannah? What are your thoughts on her? She's fine. Do like you think she and lot. Brandon are the match, or do you think he's going to find some other hot girl? No, nah, I think... Uh, I think it's going to come out Brandon and Trevor lead first team all scumbag. It seems okay. like Brandon's like like really pissing everybody off. And Trevor just I, irks me. Well, Brandon's just going to have to make a choice. Whereas like Trevor, he, I went back and forth with him because initially when he's in the hot tub with uh, Jamie on that date at Venice Beach, I'm like, okay, if he really likes this girl, like he's going to tell her right now because she asked him about uh, his like last relationship, she was like, "Yeah, I've, I've always been, I've been cheated on a bunch of times," and he doesn't bring it up there. But then after what's her name, after Natasha talks to him, then he does go and talk to her, which is you know it's not the best move. But I th- I thought the fact that he did go tell her indicated that he actually liked her. But well, I don't think he had a maybe ch- maybe it's just a move. I mean, he that, did, he had a, he literally have. no choice at that point, like absolutely no choice at all. Because I mean, Natasha. Did, I guess he didn't have TV another girl like, to pick. Maybe, yeah. He definitely did not have another girl to pick. And I thought, oh, I actually thought, come to think of it, he was super disingenuous. Like, the sort of the way he was just like, yeah, uh, uh, I would be pretty bummed if you stopped talking to me. Because that's how he said it. And I was just like, You're that's, right. that's not great. Like, are you, come on, guy. I guess I, fe- I guess I fell for it, you know. He could have he fooled me. I, 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 I was on to him. Sheridan, uh, Sheridan gone next week? No, isn't, aren't there clips oh, of... Oh, is there, no, there's... Aren't there clips well, of him singing. and Julia singing in the, the actual competition thing? Yeah, so, wait, so maybe no one goes home. Or maybe they go home at the end. Maybe two people go home. You I don't, don't actually know, know how this formula I don't works. think Jamie and Trevor make it because I haven't seen any shot. Maybe they do, but I don't know. But the funniest thing I think... Well, who's... Um, like, wait, no. That dude, Danny's not ahead. making it. 
but he's never. Oh, yeah, on... Danny, who's the um, he's like a celebrity impersonator or something. Is he? He's twenty six. Yeah, he's he uh, Sherman Oaks is where Where'd he's he from, which Becca? is where we lived. Yeah, who we also didn't see. Yeah, they might. I don't think they made on the it. first team. First team, no screen time. Was Danny Becca, Gabe. and literally like the the LeBron James if it was Gabe, and he picked Ruby who just got there and she had more screen time than him in one episode. It's true. Oh, here's something else. When when Gabe picked Ruby, everyone who had already like been, uh, been coupled up and was waiting to see who else got picked got really excited. Do you think they actually liked Ruby that quickly, or they saw the hair and thought it was Mel? No, um, they. I don't think they. No, they knew who Mel was because remember how mad they were. I thought they were like, "I hope it's Mel," and then they were all crying when she left. Yeah, but do you, but you could be right. Yeah, so I'm saying that they thought Ruby was Mel. Oh, okay. So they got excited for a sec because they saw the hair. Yes. Got it. My brain doesn't work as fast as yours. Just doing my best. But what I thought when I saw when I saw the tease. I just thought it was like hilarious that they're gonna sing in front of people, and they you see like you see some celebrity with a funny hat who I should probably know his name, but I'm pretty sure that's Jason Mraz, but I can't confirm. That could be. I saw he was on a uh, Bachelor sanctioned podcast, so maybe that was him. Uh, but then I saw Jordan Rogers and JoJo, and I was like, confirm. I was like, Jason how funny Mraz. is that? The Jordan Rogers. Okay, so Rogers is gonna like. Watch some people sing and tell them whether they can be a couple based on that. I Just love funny, that. funny concept. Yeah, I love that. Kesha's Turn up the doing wheelhouse. It. I love that Kesha's doing it. Is she in that episode? I didn't see her. She might be. Hmm. Favorite? What's your uh, top two Kesha songs? Uh, "Blow" is my TikTok? favorite Kesha song. <laughs> "Blow." "Blow" is so is so underrated. Wait, and, does she have uh, a song called called TikTok or what's that song called? Yeah, that's the one. It's called TikTok? Yeah. Why well, she should really do some legal work on getting royalties or something. Yeah. From Bite Dance. Sh- for show. My, my, my number two t- catch song would be uh Timber. It's a good one. Yeah, what are yours? It's going down, some would say. Do you have two? No, I just wanted to ask you. Okay, I can't that's, name two. That's I fine. wouldn't have been able to come up with names. That's my thing. It's very well. Uh um, I think my last thought on this, unless you can convince me to say something else, is that I think Mel was cool. I think she'll be fine going back to Brooklyn. Well, she was still on the show, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, she was like my, uh, Mel was my Sarah C from this season. That's not going to mean anything to me. That, actually, very, very different. But I thought Sarah C was like <laughs> oh, Sarah a shoe C in from... to do really well. Oh, Sarah Coffin. Yes, she's big. She makes a lot of brunch on Instagram now. She sure but, does. <laughs> but I thought I thought Mel was like cool. I thought she should have had a better run, but that's all right. Sarah C got some good sponsors out of that. She'll be fine. I think she has a real job too. But uh, I'm just gonna say uh, happy for Bree and Chris. Uh, happy for Guitar Center because they got a very nice plug at a time when no one can go to a Guitar Center. Oh yeah, Bree and Chris. Um, Bree did the episode two. I think I'm falling in love with you. But they seem to be good. Chris is like the multi-talented musician. Yeah. Bree was divorced, divorced previously. But they seem like no, a no, no. She was engaged. Match. I don't think they ever got shipped. Engaged. She's... I think you're right. Okay. But uh. But yeah, they'll be fine. 
Yeah, you. I agree. Uh, I think we'll close it out with uh, big ups. Connor, what, uh, do you have anyone you'd like to say big ups to this week? My big ups, I'm going to give it to the television show Mad Men because I wrapped it up again, saw Person to Person, that great series finale. It involves a Coca-Cola ad. Um, that's as much of a spoiler as I'll give because I think everyone listening to this should go watch that show at some point. I think it's my favorite television show. Um, and this time around, I watched it with Alan Sepinwall from Rolling Stone reading his uh, reviews, like his episode-by-episode recap, which were really funny and gave me a better look at it. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Moss is amazing in that show. Good cast, top to bottom. Good show. Give it a watch. That's that's my big ups. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say big ups to uh, whoever was in front of me at the drive-through at Chick Fil A the other day, because they paid for my order. Big time. Fantastic. What did you order? I got a spiced chicken deluxe meal, some fries and a lemonade, and some nugs on the side. What kind of dipping sauces? Chick-fil-A and Polynesian. See, is Polynesian... It's like the... Is it kind of like sweet sweet. and sour? It's just very sweet. Okay. I feel like I always go with the Chick-fil-A sauce or... Chick-fil-A sauce is one of the best things on earth. Maybe I get the barbecue sometimes. Did you get a soda? I got a lemonade. Did you get the cool ice? Where it's like circular or whatever? Yeah. Spilled it in my car. Great. I think that's one of my favorite things, but... Uh, my bad on getting away from the, the big ups, which was the person in front of you who did a great deed. Yeah, paid for my order. And uh, apparently they paid for a few orders behind me as well. That's how the person at the drive through window made it sound. So wow, I don't know who that person is, but thank you. Thank you a lot. You being the great, you being the great guy that you are, have you paid it forward yet? Do you imagine you'll do so in the near future? Uh, I haven't been to a drive through since. And I might. Well, maybe tonight after recording this. Who's to say? You are. Uh, I am. Uh, what are you thinking? Taco Bell? Mickey Dubs? Ta- I love Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. One more time? <laughs> I love Taco Bell. <laughs>